What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey IDP Army, ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast, part of the Semi-Pro Fantasy Sports Podcast Network. We are happy to have you here today. We are officially in the bowl season, college football season, pretty much over. It's it's not completely over, still a couple games left to play, but as far as draft prep goes, today is kind of the beginning of, you know, how, you know, getting to the next next level of that. So we still have the the national championship to go. It did not go how I saw happening. I did not think Georgia and their defense was going to get beat by Alabama. I was wrong. It happened. It's exactly what, you know, Alabama fans thought was going to happen the entire season. I thought the defense was better than that for Georgia. I was wrong. They were made to look foolish out there. And, you know, it happens. It, it, It happens, you know. Um, so that'll be fun. Georgia's going to play, uh, Michigan in the two, three matchup. And then Alabama is going to play Cincinnati in the one, four matchup should be a fun experience. I, I cannot wait to watch those games. Uh, kind of seems like Alabama's year yet again. Bryce young seems like the Heisman winner. I don't think there's really much competition. I know that other people were 
hoping there would be different names invited to the Heisman ceremony. It's Bryce Young's award and everyone else is there to just help him or, you know, just help him celebrate winning the Heisman trophy. And that's, you know, it's good for Bryce Young, Alabama. They're the lovable underdogs, you know, that's, that's Alabama for you. So today's podcast, we are going to talk about draft eligible quarterbacks for 2022. We're just going to jump right in. You know, the most important position on the field is the quarterback. So we just need to get everybody prepped and primed for who is going to be available in this draft. Okay. You know, we're just, let's just get to, let's just get it out, out, off our chest right off the top. 2023 is a much better class. Bryce Young next year will be available and he will be the number one pick in the draft. No matter what, there will not be a question about who we are tanking for, who's the guy. It's Bryce Young. That's okay. But that's not until next year. 2023 is a year away. So let's talk about 2022 right now. So if you've listened to any kind of draft coverage at all, and including a little bit of this podcast, but I think I'm kind of coming around to it, you will know that this draft class is not great. And you might be able to get a... uh, quarterback later in this draft and i think there's a couple in here that you might be able to develop into a starting nfl quarterback so if we do remember and you know i'm going to preface this by saying that these players you know exceeded what anybody thought their expectations were but if you remember deshaun watson patrick mahomes quarterbacks like that went after number 10 in the draft and those are two of the best quarterbacks in the nfl right now So there is a chance that although you fall past, you know, number 10 in the draft, you could still be an all-time great quarterback. You know, we don't need to go back to Tom Brady getting taken in the sixth round. It's just how it is, you know. So let's just get on to these quarterbacks that are here today right now. I will start at the top with my number one quarterback in the draft. I think it's it's becoming consensus, and I think it will be by the time drafts uh, prep actually starts. Um, I've seen Mel Kiper; He's already on his some crazy shit. But we'll get to who is number one for, I'm pretty sure, everybody right now, and that's Kenny Pickett from the University of Pittsburgh. And I, I really like this kid's game. Everybody saw the controversial slide. If you haven't, go check on social media. Just type in Kenny Pickett, and you will see the controversial fake slide that he did in the ACC championship. Which, yeah, it, it, it's not in with it's not within the spirit of the rules, in my opinion, to do that because you're trying to protect the health of the quarterbacks. And if you fake slide, you're going to end up getting hurt or get somebody else hurt in the future because. Well, I saw, you know, I thought it was a fake slide. I thought, you know, he, he was, looked like he was getting back up. And, you know, I just had to lay one right into his chest. It, it, there's a lot of gray area there. And, you know, Kenny Pickett, smart heads up play. I'll give him that. But it was a little different um, than we like. So completion percentage this year, 67%. Not bad. That's probably that's right about in the middle of all of the quarterbacks that are eligible in this draft. 4,300 yards, 42 touchdowns, seven interceptions. He also added 233 on the ground and five rushing touchdowns as well. 
solid stats. He's got the arm. He's got the accuracy. He's got everything that you want in a starting quarterback. So what are his downsides? He doesn't always bring it. There is certain parts of his game that are not, you know, are not going to translate to the next level. He's going to have to show that he can do some things. He can be a statue at times. He's not an overall good rusher. I mean, you know, sands that 58 yard rushing touchdown that he had where he fake slid. He's not really known for being a big scrambler, which isn't always a problem, but you would like to think that you got that in the back pocket just in case. Um, Decision-making pretty good. I, I don't see that it's above average, but it's not below average. It's right in the middle. So Kenny Pickett is a really great quarterback. I th- personally think if he goes to the right team, and we're talking like Pittsburgh or, I, you know, I'm off the top of my head, I can't even think of who would be taking a quarterback as high as, you know, maybe the Eagles. I've seen that the Eagles have been there. Denver has been to a couple of Kenny Pickett games to try to see what he could do. Any of those teams, I could I could see that working out. Um, I, he, I think he would have to go to an established team to be good in the year one. But there's a chance that, this, that Kenny Pickett year one could come out and surprise a lot of people. So I really think that. Next year, we'll be looking back at Kenny Pickett as one of the people in this draft class, maybe even two years from now. We're going to look back and say, like, whoa, like, okay, why didn't we see that guy coming? Um, I think he will be the guy. I don't think he will be taken before maybe – I think number six is where this draft starts for quarterbacks. And I don't really see him going until, you know, after 10. And I think the Eagles are very good – you know, there's a good chance that they are the ones that take him. So – Kenny Pickett, very strong. I I, I like Kenny Pickett. You know, uh, he kind of came on. He hasn't had a lot of success in the past. He's not been bad in the past. I don't want that to be what somebody takes away from, from this conversation. But I just want everybody to think of Kenny Pickett as the QB1 in this class because I think that's personally what we're looking at here. So. Move on to the second quarterback in this class. Oh, by the way, Kenny Pickett's OC was named uh, Whipple. And I think that that's just an amazing name. Whipple also went to Nebraska. So I think that there is a chance that um, Spencer Rattler might go there. And that will be interesting. But we'll get to Spencer Rattler here in a little bit. Matt Corral, Old Miss, plays for Lane Kiffin. And Jeff Lebby is the offensive coordinator down there who has recently moved on to Oklahoma. Had to get it in there somehow. I'm sorry. Uh, Matt Corral, 68% completion, 3,300 uh, 3, yards passing, 20 passing touchdowns, four interceptions, 597 yards rushing, 11 rushing touchdowns. Okay, so the touchdowns weren't all the way there. Okay, I, I could see that. I could see where you would think, like, whoa. Where why are users only 20 passing touchdowns? They were a heavy rushing team. The running backs on the team often sniped the uh touchdowns, as you could see Matt Corral himself having 11 rushing touchdowns, and that's the quarterback of the team. Uh, there's a lot of rushing touchdowns that went to 
the two backs on the team as well. But Matt Corral played for Lane Kiffin, played for Jeff Lebby. Those are two really good quarterback whispers, if you will. And he's got the training to be prepared to, to go into this draft and be a solid contributor day one. I think we're again looking at the back half of the first round. Uh, I don't think that he's going to be able to start right away, but I think that, you know, if you needed him to, I think he could be able to do it. Um, I think there's going to be some growing pains at the next level. Definitely. Um, He's very careful with the ball, which is what you want in a starting quarterback. And I think that that's going to end up being what gets him the starting role at the next level. He's not a gunslinger necessarily, but he's also, you know, he makes good decisions. And I think that that, like I said, that's what you want at the next level. That's what getting Mac Jones um, as good as he's been this year, Mac Jones is just taking care of the football. That's all it is. He's Bill Belichick does not want to expose Mac Jones for being limited in any way, shape, or form. I mean, we all saw the Monday night football game where he threw three total passes. Now, given the conditions were not ideal, that was a fucking storm of all storms that they were going through. And Bill Belichick's just like, hey, you know, Navy midshipmen run it 45 times a game. What can we do? And that's just about what he chose to do. But Matt Corral, similar. I don't think you know, he's not similar to Matt Jones, but I think that if you're going to get the most out of Matt Jones at the next level, especially year one, I think it's going to be through very limited but strategic passing. I don't think you're going to have a gunslinger, Justin Herbert, that kind of thing. And, you know, for Dynasty, I think that's just how you're going to have to handle him. You're going to have to handle him as a quarterback who does not air it out all the time, but takes careful, uh, you know, takes care of the football. Honestly, Trevor Lawrence has been a lot like this this year for the Jaguars. They have not been super air out the ball. You know, it, it, Trevor Lawrence is making very careful and business decisions. He does not want to turn the ball over and. I think that that's kind of what we're going to look at here with Matt Corral, at least year one. I, I just that's how I view him going, and we'll see. Uh, there's still a lot that could change here. You know, Justin Herbert's kind of like one of the all-time. Like he was very careful in college, and then when he got to the NFL, he's like, "Let me air this out real quick and see what we can do." And he ends up being, you know, known as a deep passer this year. Not so much, but year one, he was definitely known as a long ball guy. Um, but I think that's kind of how you're going to use Matt Corral. Maybe it changes at the next level and maybe he goes into the right system that would, you know, elevate him to do that. But, and just how it is right now, I think he's going to be a careful guy at the next level. All right, let's go on to wild card. Malik Willis. He started out the year red hot and I would have told you he was the next Cam Newton. In fact, I said it on this podcast. He looks like Cam Newton. He does not. He's six foot. He's, he's kind of smaller than him. He totally fell off at the end of the year, by the way. It, it was it was strong start at the beginning. We started at the, at the end. Um, Leak Willis started his career at Auburn before he transferred to Liberty, so I don't want everybody to think like, oh, small school guy. Oh, he's really – what's going on there? He did start at a big school and then transferred to a small school because I think he wanted to play for Hugh Freeze, and I, I can't blame him for that. So – Stats-wise, 61% completion percentage, 2,600 yards passing, 24 touchdowns through the air, 12 
interceptions, 820 yards on the ground, 11 rushing touchdowns. 11 rushing touchdowns has been a theme this year for a couple quarterbacks. So, Leak Willis, not all that accurate. He's a really good scrambling quarterback. He's going to need a lot of work. He's going to be very raw coming into this draft. And that there's something to be said for that. I think that if you get him the right training, I mean, I guess you could say this about any quarterback. I don't know why I'm saying it like this is just a Malik Willis thing, but if you, if you develop him correctly, I think that you could strike gold with Malik Willis in this draft. Um, you know, it's not Lamar Jackson. It's not Cam Newton. Those guys were, in my opinion, much better rushers than Malik Willis, especially since Malik Willis at the end of the year. I mean, he had like 600 yards through the first like 10 games and the last like five games he or four games. He's only, you know, gotten like 200 yards. It's been a rough year. He's, you know, against better competition. He was not good. He played old miss. That was horrible. However, you know, that's Liberty protection, Liberty wide receivers, Liberty running backs, like blah, 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 whatever. Malik Willis, if he's going to be one of the top quarterbacks in this draft, you would think he would be able to overcome that, and he was unable to. So Malik Willis kind of had my doubts a little bit, but we'll see. Sam Howell for North Carolina. Going into the season, he was QB1 for a lot of people. Uh, 62% completion percentage, 2,800 yards through the air, 23 touchdowns, uh, passing nine interceptions, 825 yards rushing, 11 rushing touchdowns. So the rushing has been the most fascinating thing about Sam Howell. He has more rushing yards than Malik Willis. Uh, There's only one other quarterback that we're going to talk about today that's going to have more rushing yards than him. Uh, Also, yeah, 11 touchdowns on the ground. Seems to be that that was the number that every quarterback stopped at this year uh, for rushing touchdowns. Um. Sam Howell had a lot of up and down games and he really at the beginning of the season was very poor. It came on more towards the end of the season when he had an established receiver and Josh Downs kind of hit his stride. We did not know how Sam Howell was going to handle, you know, losing the amount of weapons he lost last year. He lost Michael Carter. He lost Deami Brown. He lost Javante Williams. Those were huge weapons for him and he was going to have to adjust not having those guys anymore. And for the most part, he did at the back half of the season. It was the beginning of the season that was really rough. He was still trying to find his way. And so I I don't really want to hold this season against Sam Howell. I think that there's still a lot of good in there. And if you go back and look at his junior tape, uh, I think there's still something there. So I'm going to – Sam Howell is the last quarterback that I would feel comfortable taking in the first round, which is going to be controversial based on the next two we talk about. But I like Sam Howell. I think if he – obviously, if he ends up in the right system, he's going to be fine. That's, you know, kind of whatever analysis. But Sam Howell is good. I think that we need to give him the benefit of the doubt. And if he ends up in a good situation where he could start right away, I think that there is something to be said. And maybe you can – take him in a dynasty draft and feel good about maybe him starting next year. So on a Desmond Ritter, Mel Kuyper has him number two on his quarterback board. I think that that is insane. <laughs> I just do. So, okay. 
65% completion percentage, 3,100 yards passing, 30 passing touchdowns, eight interceptions, 361 yards rushing, six rushing touchdowns. I don't have anything against Desmond Ritter. It's going to seem that way as we go on through the draft process. I do not. It's it's not me having something against him at all. I just don't love Desmond Ritter as a NFL quarterback. He seems like one of those classic great at college football guys. But when he gets to the pros, the, the, the jump from level one to level two, there's a lot of growing pains there. And that's just like, I just see him in that light. He has been very good for Cincinnati this year. He's one of the main reasons that they're winning. Personally, the defense is, I think, the main reason they're winning, which is why it's like when we get to some of the defensive players on Cincinnati, it's going to be like, well, here's the real reason Cincinnati is as good as they're, as they're playing. Desmond Ritter, on the other hand, I think that he does enough. He's a good game manager. Um, it's going to take a coach that is willing to understand that he is not going to kill you through the air. He's going to have to be very surgical about where he places the ball. I don't know how many NFL teams are going to be willing to put up with that. How many teams are going to be willing to give him the time to develop that he needs. But here's the thing. It's not up. It's not up to me. It's going to be a GM falling in love with him. And Mel Kiper already putting him at number two may convince a GM that he might be a little bit better than he is. But it's not one of those guys you just throw out there and let him do work. He, he needs a structure, you know, and that's how you're going to get the most out of Desmond Ritter. And that's just that's just how it's going to be for Desmond Ritter in the next level. It, it's just going to be he's going to need structure. He's going to need a good game plan. He's going to need, you know, He's going to be able to will your team to success. It's not like a Tim Tebow thing. I'm not saying that, but like it, you know, he's going to need a little bit more coaching than a lot some of these other prospects. Where I think if you could throw them out there, they might be able to figure it out. Desmond, I don't think is one of those guys. So next on my list, Carson Strong. He's been very divisive in this draft. A lot of people are saying Desmond or Carson Strong is going to be um, a great quarterback and. So let's just go over the stats because I think the stats will be like, tell you one thing, but I think that if you watch the games, you're seeing something else. So uh, Carson Strong, 70% completion percentage, 4,100 4, yards passing, 36 passing touchdowns, eight interceptions. Uh, as far as rushing goes, negative 208 yards and zero rushing touchdowns. He cannot scramble. He's a statue in the quarterback or in the backfield. He will take. He's a, he's going to take a sack. Which and here's the thing: if you're going to take Carson Strong, you got to know that your O line has to be ready to go. Like Pittsburgh, a disaster for Carson Strong. That would be a disaster. He's a young. Ah, man, this is such a weird thing to say. He's a young Ben Roethlisberger. If you think about it, he he Ben Roethlisberger, you know, is a big, strong guy, and that's kind of where Carson Strong. That's kind of where he's living at here. And, you know, you look at the stats, 70% of completion percentage, 4,100 yards right passing. That, those are all, that's all good numbers. Like total yards wise, if you don't even add in the rushing, it's, it's good. I, I like that part. And the fact that he can air it out is good. He's got a cannon of an arm. All that stuff is useful at the next level. It really is. Like I could definitely see him being able to, but is he, Ben Roethlisberger, or is he 
Kyle Trask. You know, is that what it is? He is playing for Nevada. He doesn't have the weapons that Kyle Trask had. Kyle Trask had Tony, uh, Pitts, uh, some of the guys that are still on the team this year. All good. But I just need to – I'm pumping the brakes. There you go. There, there I said it. Pumping the brakes on Carson Strong. He's going to have to end up in the right spot. He's going to have to end up in a spot that has a good O-line because that's really the only way that he's going to succeed, and that's just the way it is uh, for Carson Strong. All right, we'll bust through the last couple names here. They're not huge prospects, but they are something to watch. So uh, Western Kentucky's Bailey Zappi, um, small school guy, you know, he puts up the video game stats, 69% completion percentage, 5,500 yards passing, 56 touchdowns through the air, 11 interceptions, uh, 22 touch or rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns. Are you, what do you want me to say? 5,500 yards passing and 56 touchdowns in college is bananas. I mean, that's just crazy. But he also playing at Western Kentucky, so you can't always just assume that that's going to lead something to the next level. He's also only has one year under his belt, which is just insane to me. Uh, the kid looked good, and I think as a wild card, I think he's not going to go until the third round if that's even that seems even high to be honest but he probably would find his way into the third round um but you know you see those kind of numbers they pop off the page you know when he's in day three of the nfl draft and they're like having to put a video package together you're gonna see a lot of like you know high school football looking fields with him throwing long bombs it's amazing so bailey zappy We'll keep him in the back. We'll keep him in the back pocket. We'll see what he does through the draft process. Um, we'll move on to Malik Cunningham from Louisville. He's kind of the last guy I'm looking at as far as draftable. Um, not overall, but just as far as like who we're paying attention to for maybe our fantasy football drafts. Uh, 62% completion percentage, 2,700 yards passing, 18 passing touchdowns, six interceptions. That's Okay, if I stopped there, you'd be like, well, why the hell is this guy even considered draftable? Rushing yards, 968 rushing yards, 19 rushing touchdowns. There, there you go. Like that That's what he is useful for. He is a very good rusher um, out of Louisville. Kind of comes from the Lamar Jackson school of how Louisville runs things. Um, obviously not as good as Lamar Jackson, but Malik Cunningham, he is a pretty raw raw individual and will need some time to develop a bit but there's a chance you know he's going to be a day three guy i would assume maybe you know he might convince somebody to take him up in day two uh, i don't think so i think he's more of a fifth rounder and he's going to sit on the bench but there's a you know he's gonna be one of those guys that has like a really good game in a couple years and people are gonna be like man lee cunningham i remember him like you know dynasty tailgate that's they talked about him Yes, Malik Cunningham is that guy. So that's it for Dynasty draft bull quarterbacks. However, I do want to mention Sam Hartman from Wake Forest uh, would probably be either five or six on this list, um, but he has not declared. I don't think he's going to. He's a redshirt sophomore. He uh, has played his three years, so he will be he is able to be drafted, but I s- kind of suspect he's going to go back to school. 
Spencer Rattler has kind of said he's going to transfer to another school. He is draft eligible, but I don't think that he's going to do that. I think he's going to go to Nebraska, UCLA, maybe Arizona State, one of those three, um, and give it another year in college and then come out next year, which might be a mistake based on who's coming out next year. But if he thinks that's what he needs to do, then you know that's his decision. Uh, moving on, Virginia, Brennan Armstrong, also not declared for the draft. Probably going to go back to school, I would assume. But, you know, Brendan Armstrong's really good at Virginia. And he's got a lot of good good skills. I do think he would make the correct decision in going back. He's going to wait until he gets his draft grade from scouts before he goes back. But I think once he sees that draft grade, he might kind of get the idea of like, hey, maybe I need to go back for one more year just to – Get some more years under my belt, but I'm saying that. But next year's draft class is going to be insane. I, I we, we won't even get into it yet because 2023. If you need a quarterback, holy bleep, there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks. Um, and then last one, Washington. Jake Hayner. Um, he transferred from Fresno State up to Washington to play with his coach that also went from Fresno State to Washington, uh, which he's going to go back to school. I know that there was talk of him coming out in the draft. Some people had him in the first round. Caleb, looking at you, my guy, if you are uh, watching this for some reason. But Jake Hayner, not it yet. He's going to need another year. But this is just more what I'm telling you is next year's draft class is going to be insane for quarterbacks. So if you need a quarterback, if, they, if teams need a quarterback, like the Eagles, like what a bad year to have three draft picks because – there's going to be plenty of defense. And if that's what they're going to try to build, then, you know, they've got plenty of that. But as far as if you need a quarterback next year, will be the draft Seattle looking at you seeing as how you probably are going to have to tank this year. And then Texans probably in the same boat. If Deshaun Watson ends up getting traded. So that puts a cap on the preliminary quarterback discussion. We will have, I will talk about it more as time goes on. Just We're just getting it out there, getting everybody ready, kind of making, you know, you're scribbling down your notebook. You know, I'm doing the same thing. Got a notebook sitting right here, scribbling down every day. Got bowl games to go. Don't think a lot of these guys are going to play. Desmond Ritter is for sure going to play because he's playing for the national title. So I would bet Desmond Ritter plays the rest of these guys – um, I doubt, you know, Kenny Pickett's definitely not. Matt Corral's definitely not. Malik Willis, I don't think is. Sam Howell, maybe. Carson Strong, maybe. Bailey Zappi, maybe. Malik Cunningham, maybe. Uh, a bunch of maybes, uh, the rest of this list. Um, as far as the senior bowl goes, Desmond Ritter is going to be there. Malik Willis is going to be there. I would bet Carson Strong might be there. Um, but the rest of these guys, I don't, you know, Kenny Pickett's a junior, so he's not going for sure. Not positive about Sam Howell either. But so that's kind of what we're looking at right now. That's the quarterback discussion for today. Thank you for tuning in to the Dynasty Tailgate podcast. I'm very happy to have you. Next week, we are going to talk running backs. We're going to give a little primer on the running backs. Ah, a couple of good running backs in this draft, you know. Got the. Got the big three up top, but there's some guys climbing in there. Hassan, uh, oh no, I blanked on his name. Haskins. Hassan Haskins from Michigan. It's got my eye. I'm, I'm looking at you, Haskins. Um, 
plays for play going to play in the semifinal game, so that would be fun to watch. They're going to need everything they can get against that Georgia defense. That D line is ferocious. So that's all I got for this week. Uh, bowl season is right around the corner. Check out every game on the slate. Please subscribe to this feed. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe everywhere you can. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast. I'm at Ombre Vendor on Twitter. Come shout out. Come talk to me in the Discord. Come, you know, just say what's up. Say what's up. See if you have any questions, DM me. Shout me out. Say like, hey, this guy, this idiot thinks Kenny Pick is the best guy in the draft. What do, you, what do we think of this guy? Just, you know, chat me up. I'll definitely talk. So have a great weekend. Have a good rest of your day today. And we will see you next week where we talk running backs here on the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast.